and welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the Resurrection of Our Lord, or Easter Sunday, for the week of April 21st, 2019, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast, and I feel like as we've gone through the beginning of this week, there's a couple big things that we need to talk about before we even really get into this week's podcast, and that's the tragedy of Notre Dame, and I think it's actually really interesting to think about that in regards to Holy Week and the new life that we are promised through Christ. And I'm not saying that Notre Dame should have gone through what it's going through, but I think it also kind of symbolizes very well, as I've heard a couple different people talk about this week, the change that we're going through within the church on a broad scale, also within just the Catholic Church, but I really like expanding that to the church as a whole. I think we are going through some major transformation, and I think there's still hope that can be had, but it still means that we need to be okay with letting go of some different things. And I'm not saying in this regard to let go of Notre Dame by no means, and that it will be rebuilt. It will be rebuilt probably slightly differently because there just isn't the timbers that they had for making that originally around currently. But I would also say I think it kind of continues to build upon the history that Notre Dame kind of helps show of the European Christian. And I think it's really an interesting demographic. And I will attach an image down below of the morning right after where they controlled the flames, but there were still flames going on. And when they walked into the sanctuary, this smoke-filled, soot-filled sanctuary, the altar cross was illuminated by the flames and cut through the smoke. And I think that, to me, is such a powerful image as we're walking through Holy Week this week. And I think it's something that we need to remember in events like this, but in just our lives in general, is that as we proceed on and be the light of Christ, he will cut through whatever we are going through. So, before I get into this week's podcast, I have a couple shameless plugs, and then I also have to get into the Twitter questions. So, the shameless plugs of first, Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Braidway podcast, their commentaries, their discussions with Ralph Jacobson, Matt Skinner, and Caroline Lewis, there is a lot of great content that comes through. And since I'm not an ordained minister, it gives me a lot of direction on where I should be kind of steering this podcast on a week-to-week basis. And if you haven't checked that out, I'd highly recommend it. Second of all, I just finished wrapping up God Friended Me. Again, a great show, and it has already been renewed for season two. So if you've been holding off on checking out this show, I'd highly recommend it. I think there's some great insight on what does the believer believe? What does the non-believer believe? Where is some of that middle ground? Where can we still see God in these times? And I think there's a lot of things to contemplate and think about and to understand that God Friend in Me really helps us see. The other thing I want to get into before we get into this week's text is the Twitter question from last week is where are you seeing people address, quote, others and or where are you extending yourself to help others? And I think 
Notre Dame is actually a really interesting case study for this as we're seeing the mourning and the weeping, but then how to care for each other. It's building that community and coming back together to sing hymns, to do things, to mourn this tragedy together. And I think it's something that, again, as we study and think about our faith, it's the importance of both the community and the individual's faith. That the individual faith, in order for it to blossom, needs a community that's going to help it grow. And in this case, we're seeing how the French citizens and the people of Paris needing each other to be able to grow and be able to continue on in the faith at this moment and in this time. I think there are a lot of other places where we can see this also, especially in the Northern Hemisphere as we're moving into spring. I think we can start to see how we suddenly start caring about birds. We start caring about seeing ice go out and seeing snow disappear and seeing the world come back to life, in quotes. And with that, that then persuades us and moves us to start thinking a little bit beyond ourselves and start thinking about the environment in which we live. And as you probably know by this point, this is something that I'm quite passionate about. So when we get into this week's text, I'm going to be looking at the resurrection, so not the Easter vigil service. So the gospel text this week is out of Luke's account in the 24th chapter, verses 1 through 12. And the significant thing that's different about this is that it's Mary Magdalene who is the one who is discovering that the body is not there and that she is going to tell the disciples. But Peter still needs to go in and confirm that the linens that were worn in death are lying there. The alternative gospel this week is out of John's account of it, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 18. And this is where Peter and Mary Magdalene are all kind of gathered together. There's a group of disciples. They're going in, checking the tomb, not finding anything. And Mary assumes that there is a gardener and it is Jesus there who is talking to her and showing that he has been resurrected and getting the powerful thing of that he's the teacher and that she is coming into knowing him and that she has seen the Lord. And again, it's this kind of the call story that's coming out of this that's really powerful. The first reading is out of Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. And this is Peter talking about how that was such a powerful thing, because this, again, is as we're coming closer to getting the Holy Spirit coming through us, which we get in the book of Acts, that this is Christ embodying us in a human form, having the Holy Spirit with them, going through this process that then we don't have to fear death. Because of this, it has glorified all of us. The psalm this week is Psalm 118, 1 through 2 and 14 through 24. And as you can imagine on Resurrection Sunday, it would be a praise of how great and powerful is our God. That 
even as he has been rejected, he has become the chief cornerstone in verse 22. And again, this powerful image of God overcoming death and the grave. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 19 through 26. And now we kind of get Paul talking about the power of what this means. And since he took on death in the human form, the resurrection of the dead has come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ verses 21 through 22. This idea that then Christ is the first fruit to destroy the enemy of death is coming out of the end of verse 26. That Christ then was able to change the game, quite literally, because of what he did. A lot to go through, a lot of different things, and there's always a lot to preach on. And so I will try making this short and sweet and talk about it from a different perspective, from the environmental perspective that I want to come across. And one of the things that I have had, I don't know if it's the fortune of experiencing, is watching forests totally change around me. So we have seen it in the news in the last 20 years where you watched Yellowstone burn. I watched, for my own personal, was watching St. Croix State Park, like we talked about a few weeks back, get totally flattened by windstorms, totally changing that forest. But I want to focus a little bit on that Yellowstone fire. And if you remember back to that period of time, Yellowstone was going through a lot. One, they had reintroduced wolves into the ecosystem, which was a huge deal. Two, and I have attached videos before and I can attach them below again, there were a lot of issues that Yellowstone was facing. There was a lot of things that they were worried about and thinking that it was going to cost millions, if not billions of dollars in restoration work to be able to really keep Yellowstone ecosystem to be as healthy as possible, that it was going to take some work. And then you have this fire. The Yellowstone fire kind of helped in a way propel our idea and change our idea of how much we need fire to be able to help recycle an environment to be able to continue to make it healthy. For instance, jack pine seeds will only be released, the cones will open up once fire is present. So because of all that destruction, it has the advantage that it sees that as an opportunity to really take root and take root quickly. And so thus, fire is extremely important for jack pines. And as we looked at the devastation that went on with Yellowstone, people talked about Yellowstone's never going to be the same. But yet, if you look at the 10-year report, and if you've been to Yellowstone even in the last 5-10 years, Yellowstone is, yes, different, but yes, a healthier place than probably it has been in the last 50-60 years. And part of that has been through first the forest burning and being able to recycle and being able to rejuvenate that new life coming in. 
but two, also the reintroduction of wolves in the Yellowstone and how much impact that made allowing trees to grow, allowing these different things to be able to move around, and especially elk, so they aren't overgrazing an area, to allow an environment to be able to recover. And I would argue it's been those two factors have been the biggest two factors for changing Yellowstone. Is Yellowstone the same? No. But is Yellowstone healthier? Yes. And I think that's the image that we can take with Christ's resurrection. Christ, we will see as we work through this Easter season, He has now taken on a much more divine role than human role, I would argue. He still has a human body, but he's able to do some more divine things. And he isn't quite the same Jesus. Because his preaching style, as you will see over the next few weeks, changes. And there's much more of talk about when he is no longer with them. And no longer do we hear these whispers of his incoming death. He changed the game, and he didn't come back quite the same. And that was for the better. Yellowstone, with having wolves and having these interactions of fire, changed Yellowstone. But the forest came back. Yes, they were slightly different. And the wolves moved things around, changing the ecosystem of Yellowstone. But as all reports and all ecologists are saying, it is a better place than it was before. We love this type of recovery story and anticipate with great anticipation on what, as we figure out what all happened at Notre Dame, we anticipate with ambition what will be the future recovery story of Notre Dame. We love the comeback story. If you noticed and followed in sports, Tiger Woods this last week, after 13 years of not winning the Masters and not winning a major tournament in years, makes a remarkable comeback and is being talked about as one of the great comeback stories in sports. We eat this stuff up. Christ going through what he did is the greatest comeback story ever. And this comeback story is not over. It's continuing and continuing to live in you and me. As we look at this from science, it's one of those stories of determination. It's one of those things of keep going. It's one of those that the result may change, but still trusting in God that he has a hand in what's going on. We are in a world of constant change quickly happening around us. And it's one of those things where when we look at Holy Week, the beauty, I think, of Holy Week and the weird beauty of Notre Dame this week is it causes us to slow down and contemplate and think about what our faith means. And as being raised as a scientist and being involved as a person of faith, I find that those two are so needed in my life of go, go, go. We need these times 
of self-reflection, of slowing down and letting God speak to us instead of us speaking to him. It is a conversation after all, and Holy Week for me is a time that we often do slow down enough to hopefully have God speak something to us. As we get the festival of the resurrection, we must still contemplate and think about the events leading up to the festival. Because if we look at the success of what Notre Dame had been, we forget the 200 years it took to build such a marvelous place. If we look at Yellowstone now, we don't think about the concern that we had in the mid-1990s about how much was it going to cost to actually preserve this place. And as we are having things going on around us, again, one that I will attach down below, the changing of the Clean Water Act from 1972, which has had, in my opinion, great impact on our nation and our waterways, and the adjustments could be devastating. That's a personal opinion. We then have to slow down to understand the implications of what we're actually doing. It's the downside to having a 24-hour news cycle because we constantly need new information to keep interested. And with getting new information, we don't have time to really sit and contemplate and to think about what this might mean or having discussions with others. If we look at Jesus' resurrection in these accounts, Mary, it isn't instantaneously that she knows that Jesus is resurrected. Peter hears the news and doesn't believe it initially and has to go and see for himself. The joy out of the John story when Mary recognizes that it is Jesus and that it is him calling her by name, but he doesn't announce it initially. She has to come to that conclusion. Faith and life and where we are in this world today a lot of times they don't just happen overnight. It takes some reflection. It takes some time for us to process this. Hence why Holy Week is a week. Hence why Lent is six. We need the time to contemplate, to understand, and fully grapple with what has happened. So the Twitter question this week will be a simple one. Have you spent enough time contemplating life? Just life. If so, how so? If not, are you going to change that? Because I think in this world of go, 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 and as we are called to be a new creation, and as we're called to be something different in the world, what if we thought more and contemplated more? What about if that was our calling card? And we thought about that if we'd make a change like this, what are the future implications that could benefit even if the change could be hard. And I know it's something that as we age, it gets harder and harder to do. And as myself, still being a young person, I notice more and more myself that I am struggling to grapple with that. But yet, I find that as I sit there and grapple and contemplate, it's those times that I realize 
my own bias and sometimes how new life needs to happen in order for something positive to happen or for me to take a stand to explain with great detail that does not come from a passing thought to help engage in the conversation on why on this case I can't budge but choosing those situations carefully so I don't come across as an old curmudgeon so we'll wrap this up as we always do I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.